Hello and welcome to the show. I am your host, Nina Turner. And you know what day it is? It is Monday, baby. So you know who is in the co-host chair today. And that's none other than Jackson White in the house, a Rebel HQ contributor and a regular here on Unbossed. Jackson, how are you today? Today I'm about as good as it gets, you know what I'm saying? I figure anytime I get to wake up in this skin, it's a good day. I'm blessed and I'm capable. So, you know, I might have a couple of bad days here and there, but overall I'm here to fight. So we're gonna keep it up, you know what I mean? But and unfortunately, well, I guess it was good that we got to have a little bit of a day off last Monday with it being, you know, Memorial Day and everything. But other than that, you know, we back here. It's Monday and we rocking. So it's good to be here with you. We rocking hard and yes, Memorial Day as we reflected on those who gave their lives on behalf of our country. And hopefully that was a deep and reflective day for many. We're back, as you said, and we're back. We got something hot and popping on, on this Monday on this Monday afternoon, particularly for the 2024 presidential election cycle. Another person has jumped into the race. And can you guess who it is? All right, all right. I, I, I'm just, I know you just bursting through the, from the scenes, the seems to figure out who this is. And this person not only has jumped into the race, they are not running in, in the two major parties. That is none other than Dr. Cornell West, the intergalactical philosopher and intellectual for the people. But we want to hear him in, in his own words. Watch this. In these bleak times, I have decided to run for truth and justice, which takes the form of running for president of the United States as a candidate for the People's Party. I enter in the quest for truth. I enter in the quest for justice. And the presidency is just one vehicle to pursue that truth and justice, what I've been trying to do all of my life. Well, Dr. Cornell West said he's running for truth and justice and that running for the presidency is only one part, one aspect of being able to stand up for that type of truth and that type of justice. And in the next part of his announcement, Dr. West talks about the various policy positions he will continue to fight for. And for him, it's all about changing material conditions. Take a look and a listen. I come from a tradition where I care about you. I care about the quality of your life. I care about whether you have access to a job with a living wage, decent housing, women having control over their bodies, health care for all, the escalating, the destruction of the planet, the destruction of American democracy. Democracy creates disruption. It creates an eruption. It creates an interruption wide from below. The energies of everyday people is manifest. And I know there are precious people in your life who you care for. That's why it's important for you to be involved, important for you to participate. Well, Dr. West wants people to be involved. He wants people to participate. He talks about precious people. Man, I mean, this is exciting. I am just giddy about it. I don't know if you could tell 
I'm about to leap out of my skin almost because I am so glad that Dr. Cornell West has entered this race and he's landed out in only the way that Dr. Cornell West can. And having him in this race is gonna make all the difference in the world. In the next part of his announcement, Dr. West talks about the failures and rightfully so of the two party system of the duopoly that is not really serving the needs of the people in the hoods where they are misunderstood. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about the rural hoods or the suburban hoods or the urban hoods. If you are among the working class, the public policy discussion debate is never ever about you. Even this debt ceiling deal that we got the president touting, the president Joe Biden touting is the antithesis of what the people, the everyday people of this country needs. And Dr. Cornell West frames this debate by talking about neoliberalism and neofascism. Neoliberalism being represented by this current president, President Biden, and neofascism being represented by Donald J. Trump. One more time, the words of Dr. Cornell West. Not talking about hating anybody, we're talking about loving. We're talking about affirming. We're talking about empowering those who have been pushed to the margins. Because neither political party wants to tell the truth about Wall Street, about Ukraine, about the Pentagon. Do we have what it takes? We shall see. But some of us are going to go down fighting go down swinging with style and a smile, accenting the best in you and trying to tease out the best in me. Let's do it together. Oh, baby, let's do it together. Some of us gonna go down swinging, we gonna go down fighting. Will we win? We will see, but what we not gonna do, let me go ahead and paraphrase the great Dr. Cornell West. What we not going to do is just sit idly by and let this foolishness and mayhem and madness continue without pushing back. Dr. Cornell West, his announcement, now he's running under the People's Party banner again, running not in, in the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, but running separate and apart from that, he is fully open ready and able to challenge the machine. Jackson, I'm telling you, I didn't expect this. This was a, a surprise for me. I wanna say it's a pleasant surprise because we need people like Dr. Cornell West to jump into this race. Your thoughts about his run and how he's not running under the banner of Democrat nor Republican. Yeah, I actually, uh, this was very surprising to me. I didn't know anything about it till I looked at the show prep uh, earlier this morning. And um, I think it's good because before him, we had Marianne Williamson and I think uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. or somebody uh, like Robert, that. yeah, Robert. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but other than that, the Democratic field or just kind of the left, the left wing side was, you know, really closed. And a lot of that has to do with just the incumbency uh, typically being difficult to overcome. Um, but also, you know, Biden just kind of sucking all the air out of the room, the DNC, the corporate media just kind of being there to, to cradle him. But I think Cornell West has a very strong ability to uh, very effectively communicate the issues that unite everybody. And at worst, uh, what he can do is help to sharpen up and whip the Biden administration into some shape, encourage other people to join the race. 
Because sometimes you need more people to join for more people to join. You need somebody to jump in to kind of show that it's all right to do that. Um, because again, at best, we can get somebody else uh, to win the Democratic primary. And at worst, we can get better people in other offices. We can get the Biden administration to take up the fight in areas where he's really just kind of asleep at the wheel right now. But Cornell West, West specifically, he's very famous, very renowned. And so he's gonna get a lot of FaceTime, a lot of camera time. He's gonna be able to get a lot of people involved. So I think it's a very good decision and I'm happy to see him join the race, regardless okay. of what party he's running in. I am, I am too, Jackson. I think people are tired of the political party affiliations and we're gonna go into that a little deeper. But to have him out there and to have Marianne Williamson and Robert Kennedy Jr., all of them to have the courage but you see, these people are outsiders. They're not elected to any current office. And that gives them the leeway that is necessary to be able to challenge the system. There are many people who are currently elected right now who know that they want to run, that know that the system needs to be challenged, but they want, they run it under the banner of a Democrat. And so they want to have that machine support them. They don't want to go against the grain. And even though the polling is showing very clearly that the American people are not happy with any of the two, what appears to be major choices right now in the polling. And what I say appears to be because polling is a snapshot in time. And Dr. West was not in any of this polling. And it's also how the media treats the candidates too, whether candidates get earned media. And your point about Dr. West is well known. I often tell him he's intergalactically known, but people seriously all around the world know who Dr. Cornell West is, he will be able to get that earned media and other candidates should get it too because the American people deserve to have a choice. But back to that earlier polling, the polling is showing very clearly that the American people are not happy with either President Biden or former President Donald J. Trump being the two so-called major candidates at this time. And they want better and they want different. And Dr. Cornell West gives them that as well as Marianne Williamson and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Now, the fact that Dr. Cornell West, out of the two declared candidates on the Democratic side, in terms of challengers, because there's three candidates running thus far, more can jump in. But because Dr. Cornell West is running not as a Democrat, not as a Republican, gives him a different, also a different kind of pressure point. And that pressure point that he is picking up on is where the majority of the voters are. Because guess what? America, family and friends, sisters and brothers. Most voters do not subscribe to either one of the parties. They, they see themselves as independents. The sad thing about it is that in many states, the duopoly have teamed up to make it harder for people to run as an independent or to run, for example, the Working Family Party exists. They're very strong in New York and they have chapters all over the country and really trying to make a breakthrough. But that's just another example. The duopoly comes together, meaning Republicans and Democrats come together to try to prevent third parties and also to try to prevent independents' voices from being heard. But let us put up this, this, this graph right here just to show you and remind you of where Voters are, most voters in this country do not identify with either political party. And it really is ridiculous and the height of arrogance to force over 300 million people to choose one or the other or be entirely locked out of the primary voting process in most states. The share of US adults who identify with specific political affiliations. And we see almost 50% of the people identifying this poll is coming from Gallup as reported in Axios. 
in April that 49%, almost 50% of voters identify as independents with the two major, so-called major parties splitting the people who identify with them 25% for both. So if we just look at the data points, it is very clear that the independent party, the quote unquote independent party is the major party these days and especially younger generations when we think about millennials and Z's and and uh, they they don't necessarily identify with the duopoly and as i traveled the country in 2012 and and also or excuse me 2016 and 2020 i talked to a lot of people even elders who were sick and tired of the two major parties so hot dog it hot damn here we go you got a whole nother choice. 2024 presidential election has just gotten a whole lot hotter, baby. We will keep you posted on this and hopefully we will have the one and only Dr. Cornell West here on Unboss. I am going to call Dr. West and try to get him here on the show so you can hear from him directly besides his announcement video. But get in y'all, the more the merrier. Jackson, I can't wait to hear your comments about this race. Now we have an update for you about the student loan relief. Students are refusing to pay back their loans when payment pause ends. This is kind of a protest, if you will. The debt ceiling deal between President Biden and Speaker McCarthy says the pause initially introduced was introduced as a temporary measure during the height of the COVID pandemic that it was never meant to be forever and that it will cease to be effective from 60 days after June 30th. Now the release has been the relief has been extended eight times since being introduced and let us not forget that the relief first started under President Trump and it's been it's been in in on hold all this time and the earth is still on this axis and the United States of America is still a hegemon so I don't understand why they would stop the pause in the first place, especially in light of what's happening with the Supreme Court. Now the average loan payment is just under about $350 a month and the average borrower saved about $15,000 while loan payments were paused and interest, which is vitally important, was set at zero. Because that interest rate, even when borrowers are making their payments and making them on time or even in some cases paying over the amount, they cannot keep up with the rate of interest. And so they can never get out of the hole. Besides pausing a loan, besides just doing away with it altogether, Jackson, in my opinion, not only should we cancel student debt, but we gotta cancel the way that higher education is funded. In other words, we can cancel student debt, but unless we reconfigure the system itself, we will find ourselves right back in this situation. Your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, hundred um, percent. You know, if we get rid of the debt, but don't change uh, the not only expensive but rising expenses and how much it costs, then we're just gonna uh, end up right back in the same boat that we're in now. And a lot of the emphasis in college expenses goes to the facilities that are on campus and not the education. So a lot of the emphasis needs to be put back onto actually getting students prepared for the modern and future job market. You know, there's just so many issues there, but just specifically focusing on the student debt issue. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward, especially if the court uh, slaps down the Biden cancellation, which I think it's very reasonable 
more reasonable to assume that they will do that than they won't, given their track record recently. I'd be surprised if they kept it in place. Um, but if they do slap it down, it'll be interesting to see. I think there will be a lot of people who just don't pay. Um, I think obviously there's still going to be a ton who do because it's easier said than done to take a hit on your credit score, depending on what you may have at stake. You know, you may the mortgage may be at stake. Um, you know, your child, whatever. There could be so many things on the table, but. I do think that there's going to be a lot of people who just say, nope, we ain't going to pay. Um, and it'll be hard to really do something about all of those millions of people. Yeah. But I mean, if your credit's already bad and you don't own a home anyway, you ain't got no kids. You know what I'm saying? Like you might as well take a stand and not pay. Well, there's definitely strength in numbers. I hate that it may come to people maybe yeah. taking a hit in their credit. I mean, the way yeah. that credit credit rating is measured is bogus in the first place. We did a whole explainer on that, and I encourage people to go back and and look at that explainer. But people shouldn't have to take a hit. The way that student loan debt has been accumulated over the course, you know, in this country, at least over the last 40 years, is not the way that it should be. There was once upon a time where college was either no cost or low cost. And that did not hurt anything. We need a new social contract in this country that extends in the way that we do K through 12. We need a pre-K through college model that says that together we will put money collectively in a pot and we will help people obtain that higher education degree, especially for public colleges and universities and historically black colleges and universities. Let's take a look at what some folks are saying over there on Twitter in the Twitter space. We have a bog twatter. You know, we could all just refuse to pay our student loans, LOL. If there were mass collective action, they wouldn't be able to do shit, basically. No, but that's what he said, not basically, that's exactly what he said. And that's to your point that you were making as well, Jackson. The next Twitter person, BD, says if millions, if millions and millions of borrowers do this, it could work. If only a few thousand do it, it will, it will fail. And the government will effort effortlessly declare them in default and garnish their wages. So again, very right on that point. There is strength in numbers on this. And I want to shout out the Debt Collective and other organizations that have been standing in the ready, pushing people and helping people come together to combat this travesty known as student debt. The next person, Carrie Lynn D. Reinhardt tweets, People should just refuse in mass to pay their student loans back when payment resumes this summer. What will happen? Tank your credit scores so no one can afford a new home ever? Question mark. Oh, gee, how horrible. No repayment without equal financial burden across the country. And in our next Medicare for all Democrats need to earn my vote says for many, it isn't refusing, it's basically an inability. You can't squeeze blood from a stone. With rising inflation and stagnant wages, we're much worse off than we were before the pause. Before you wag your finger at me, my wife is 40 and her interest alone, alone equals her loan amount. And this is very, this is real for many, many people in this country and should not be that way. And in President Biden's statement on it, Providing student student loan debt relief to hardworking borrowers is necessary to help them recover from economic harms of the pandemic. That's why in our bipartisan budget agreement, I forgot to keep it in place. Really? And how much debt is there? Let's just put <laughs> this up. You know, let's just put this up. 
<laughs> How much debt is there? Student loan debt in the United States now totals over $1.8 trillion. And the student loan pause is scheduled to end again 60 days after June 30th. That will be on August the 29th. Well, well, well. We're gonna keep you posted on it to all those brave souls. Shout out to the Debt Collective again, and, and the tweets that we read today are absolutely right. There's strength in numbers. Let's keep organizing and let's keep pushing. Now wrap your mind around all the action Jackson and I have covered in this first segment, first segment or two of Unbossed, and we'll be right back after this. And welcome back to the show. Now, you know I want you to become a member. I say this almost every single day and for $4.99, you can become a TYT member. That's $4.99 a month gets you in and we need you. We have so many fabulous shows on this network, but our ability to be independent depends on donors just like you. So come on, we know you watching, we know you're enjoying the show. But we need you to become a member, so do that. Would you please go to tyt.com, baby, and become a member? Oh, we got a, a debate coming up with between Jink and Destiny, the Jink and Destin Destiny debate. Jink will debate live stream live streamer Destiny live on Tuesday, June the sixth at 9 p.m. ET, 6 p.m. PT. They'll discuss Biden's presidency, money and politics, politics lobbying. Kyle Rittenhouse and more. Tune in on tyt.com slash live or go to YouTube if you don't want to miss them sparks right there. And you can find TYT on Snapchat, on TikTok. If you're searching for at Young Turks and don't forget to follow us and to hit like, you can find short form, do that. Become a member too. Why are you doing all that? All right, to my absolute favorite part of the show. We start off with Twitch first. Cameron Barnett, we immediately need to know what this means for voters in every state that would like to vote for him. And the him Cameron is referring to is Dr. Cornell West. Will the People's Party be on every state ballot? This information needs to get out. So Cameron, so far the, the People's Party is not on every ballot in every state. And that in lies the conundrum here with it. As I was saying earlier in the segment, the two party system makes it hard for third parties to get on the ballot. They make the hurdle to collect signatures to get on the ballot so insurmountable and so expensive. But I gotta believe that the People's Party is working on that and that Dr. Cornell West is fully aware of the hurdles that he has to surmount. But we need more people just like you calling the question and standing up against the duopoly because it really is unfair. People want choice, we need to give them that kind of choice. 420 JR man, if you're going to be, be unbossed. I know that's right, 420 JR man, that's it. If you got to be, you need to be unbossed. Thank you for that baby. And Ghost Dog TV, they forgave PPP, but not student loans. Paying nothing, you are exactly right about that. And some of the very members of Congress, their businesses got those PPP loans and got forgiven. So that's it. You forget the PPP loans, but you won't forgive student debt. I feel hypocrisy, don't you? Yeah. And on YouTube Super Chat, 
Omega Gas, Himaron Dragon. New studio? Question mark. Nope, not a new studio, I wish, but my regular studio is in flux right now. And so I'm at my super studio. My, my super studio, that's where I am now, but I'll be back in the other studio. Thank you for that. And Prince Ajuda 79, America doesn't deserve a man like him in the White House. You got that right. Gary Jackson, hi Nina, hi Jackson, exclamation point. Hello, Gary Jackson, thank What's you. What's going on? What's <laughs> going on? I'm gonna jump to some RTYT members and hopefully later on I can come back and catch some of the people that, that we missed. Sexy Speed Racer, hey Sexy Speed Racer, I just chuckle every time I say your name, I love it so much. The two party system must be eliminated, I know that's right. A jinx, left tricep of fury. <laughs> <laughs> Tricep of Fury, I think this is the first time we catching you on Boss, but I love that name too. Nina, I think we found your 2024 running mate. <laughs> now that would be a gorgeous ticket. You better go ahead and say that now. You know not the world ain't ready for that. The universe ain't ready for that, but I'm going ahead and amen that and high five it, baby. That would be a hell of a ticket for sure. And Mickey C, the silver hair dragon. Hey, Mickey C, we now have our 24 <laughs> ticket. Dr. Cordell West, Nina Turner, either one in either position. Thank you, Mickey C, the silver hair dragon and James left tricep of fury for that. I really appreciate that, baby. You know, Dr. Cordell West and myself. Running together, baby, the world couldn't contain all that fire. And that's the truth, unfettered truth. Oh, speaking of some, un, oh Lord, I ain't even gonna call this true. Speaking of being on fire, I am absolutely going to be on fire with this segment. So I'm giving you a warning right now, warning, warning, okay? Fire extinguisher is coming out and papers will be thrown up into the air. Nikki Haley had a town hall in Iowa with CNN last night, hosted by none other than Jake Tapper. Let's start with a wild theory she had on transgender athletes in high school sports. Take a look. Start with biological boys playing in girls sports. That's one thing. The fact that we have gender pronoun classes in the military now. I mean, all of these things that are pushing what a small minority want on the majority of Americans, it's too much. My daughter ran track in high school. I don't even know how I would have that conversation with her. How are we supposed to get our girls used to the fact that biological boys are in their locker rooms? And then we wonder why a third of our teenage girls seriously contemplated suicide last year. Now why Haley, uh, former governor Haley is conflating those two things, God only knows. Well, you know what we do know, it's a dog whistle, it's to continue to paint people as the other. She knows exactly what she's doing. So while Haley is right about an increase in suicidal thoughts among young women in recent years, there is one problem about her connecting at the trans athletes being in the locker room. Let's see what the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, what they have to say on this issue. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recently noted an increasing trend of suicidal thoughts among young women in recent years. But they did not produce evidence back in Haley's claim that trans kids are the root cause. Really glad, Mediate. Thank you, Ken. People digging into this and fact checking this chick all along the way. What she is doing is dangerous and is wrong. Furthermore, Jake Tapper 
pushed back on Haley by invoking the Trevor Project, which finds that 41% of LGBTQ young people seriously considered suicide in the past year. And that anti-LGBTQ movements have been detrimental to their mental health. Health. So glad that Jake didn't just let her get that off. See, she's talking to a certain mindset. And again, her and others like her are trying to set up the other. And this kind of talk creates a dangerous atmosphere for the transgender community, period. And they know exactly what they're doing. But you know what? Jake leaned in on this even more. Trapper confronted, Tapper confronted Haley on her claim by asking if there is room for the humanity of these young people in the debate. Haley countered by arguing that transgenderism has overtaken the entire conversation and that's not fair to the rest of our kids. This is what she said, yeah, it's overtaking the conversation because people like her, they keep bringing it up over and over and over and over and over and over a damn game because they don't have a vision. They don't have nothing else to talk about. They're not leaders, they just run in the run. But they're not running to change material conditions in this country for all people, period. Okay, they running to make madness and foolishness. So that's why, because if she had a vision, she'd be talking about that and not focusing in on one issue, this issue right here that doesn't put food on people's table, doesn't help parents have a job, doesn't give workers sick and paid leave. Doesn't give the American people universal health care. None of those things. Doesn't increase funding and education. None of that. The chick, it got a problem. Her and others like her. And I'm calling her out for it. Now, Jackson, just jump on in here. Let me know what you think, because I'm going in even further on this. I'm just getting started. Well, you know, I think you pointed it out just perfectly is that the reason that Nikki Haley or any of the other Republicans go on and on about these kinds of issues is because they ain't talking about nothing outside of that. They don't have any plans to address anything that's actually plaguing the American populace, anything that's actually shrinking the middle class, um, that's actually destroying the working class's ability to climb up the economic ladder. Her nor any other Republicans have any plans to address that. And that's why Ron DeSantis is talking about woke this and woke that. Um, neither of them have any chance of becoming president, but nonetheless, they really represent what the Republican agenda is. But the bottom line is, you know, no matter where you stand on the issue, let's say of transgender athletes in sports, even if you think that they shouldn't be allowed to participate. That's such a minute issue that just doesn't touch most people in the United States. Like it's just not something that most people are ever going to have to deal with in any kind of way whatsoever. Um, and then again, as you pointed out, real uh, issues that drive people to suicide. It's an incredibly nuanced discussion. You know, a lot of it uh, stems from poverty. A lot of it stems from people feeling like they don't have a place and a purpose. That's definitely amplified when you're younger. But you still see that among adults. You know, you've been working your whole life. You feel like you want a path, and whoop, life happens, and now you don't know exactly what you're doing. So, there's all types of reasons why people end up uh, making that tragic decision. But the bottom line is that the GOP has absolutely no plans to address anything, which is why they're taking everybody's rights away. That's it. And the culture war. I mean, it's they just pouring all kinds of gasoline. And let's dig a little deeper into why you know some of what what. Governor Haley 
is saying is very, very dangerous. It ain't not the only thing she said. We're just getting started here. But what she's saying is very dangerous. Now I want to go back to something that Jake Tapper asked. Jake asked Haley a most the most pivotal question. I think a very important question. Is there room for the humanity of these young people in the debate? That really is the question. Why so much intolerance, especially when it comes to children? Now it is okay to probe and to ask questions and find solutions to solve for fairness in organized sports. I believe that, that, that it is not out of bounds to ask probing questions. To, to, to wanna know what does fairness look like in organized sports, that's okay. I mean, we take boxing by way of example, we have lightweight, we have middleweight, and we have heavyweight. Now you're not gonna see a heavyweight fighting a lightweight. Right, because nine times out of 10 or 99.9% of the time, the heavyweight is gonna knock out the lightweight. So there are categories, we get it. It's not unfair, it is fair to ask the question. Is what is this going to look like in terms of competition? That's not out of bounds. And I know some people on the left think it's out of bounds. I do not, let's ask the question. That's one of the more reasonable areas for debate. It is, but you know, yeah. let's find the solution. Yeah. There is a solution here, but what we should not do is otherwise the transgender community make that community feel like they don't belong, especially children. That's what we should not do. And this chick is a mother too, on top of it. I, I, I just don't understand this. So let's let's ask the questions. Let's find the answers. Let's find the solutions. It, it's okay. Now, not only did the chick go there with transgender children, she also had the pure unadulterated gall to talk about the Charleston, South Carolina shooting in 2015 by white self-avowed white supremacist Dylan Roof, who murdered nine black churchgoers at Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church. And here's what Nikki said in her response about that shooting. We had that horrific shooting in Charleston that killed nine amazing souls. And it happened at a time where it was on the heels of Ferguson. And I was so worried our state was gonna fall apart. And the national media came in and they wanted to make it about race, they wanted to make it about um, the death penalty, they wanted to make it about guns. And I strong armed them at the time and I said, there will be a time and place we can have those debates, but right now we need to put to rest nine amazing souls. And I tried to protect them. I'm just gonna bring on out the fire extinguisher and get this bad baby. Flip over. the table. Okay, yeah, I wanna flip the table. This is larger than usual. Those of you who watch me bring out my fire extinguisher on a <laughs> regular basis, okay? This is how TNT is feeling today. This, this, <laughs> this is me, this is how I'm rolling, this is how I'm rocking with this. All right, now, the woman said that the media wanted to make this about race. That is a flat out lie, do you hear me? Cuz sometimes we parse out, oh, they're telling the fib or that's an untrue, it's a lie. It was all about race. Dylan Roof himself said it was. He is a self-avowed white 
supremacist. He targeted that church for a very specific reason. It is because it was a black church. That is why he went there and did exactly what he did. And I'm gonna tell you something, America, just because this woman, this chick is taking on a very calm demeanor. Don't let that fool you. Don't let that fool you because she tried to sound all calm and I tried to wrap my arms around and two wonderful, I mean, nine beautiful, amazing souls. Yeah, they were all of that. But don't let that fool you. The woman is not right about that, all right? Now, here's what Nikki, you know, the, the media didn't make it about race. As I said, that white supremacist terrorist Dylan Roof, and that's what he was, made it about race when he took those nine souls. This headline right here, Dylan Roof's confession and journal detailed racist beliefs. Now, this is what this man wrote. But Nikki has a habit of brushing off racism. She brushes it under the rug. And people like her and DeSantis, they think it's a crime to talk about what racism is and what anti-blackness is. Because God forbid somebody's feelings get, get hurt over the parts of the history of this country. God forbid that that happens. She even takes credit in combating the thing that she says does not exist. Case in point, the removal of the Confederate flag shortly after the shooting because Dylan Roof posted pictures of himself with that flag. Another headline for you, South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley signs bill removing the Confederate flag. Now she signed it, but she ain't the reason why the flag came down. But what's even worse is Haley was taking credit for that. But it was really activist, musician, educator, actor, all things wonderful, Bree Newsom Bass, who took down that flag, who had the courage to challenge the system before Haley even signed a bill into law. In other words, it was Newsom Bass's action that moved Nikki Haley. Take a look. That is who is responsible for that flag coming down. And her actions shamed them so much that they had to go ahead and take and sign the bill. But you got the Confederate flag hanging outside of the state capitol in the first place for anyway. But that's that's why that flag came down and not because of what uh, Nikki Haley is saying. But even after the signing of the bill, Haley said this to a conservative talk show host, Glenn Beck, back in 2019. Oh yeah, we coming with the receipts, watch. Here is this guy that comes out with his manifesto holding the Confederate flag and had just hijacked everything that people thought of. And we don't have hateful people in South Carolina. There's always the small minority that's always going to be there. But, you know, people saw it as service and sacrifice and heritage. Service, sacrifice, and heritage. But what kind of heritage, heritage exactly, Nikki? The Confederate States of America. Let me just go ahead and break this down for you. I wish I had more paper to throw. I'm gonna break this down for you, sweetness. Because it's obvious that you need to go take a history course and not the kind that the Sanctus is talking about. I'm talking about real history here. South Carolina was the first state to cede the Union 
during the Civil War. The Confederate states formed their own states, formed their own government, had their own president and secretary of state and defense and vice president. Cuz they decided that you know what, Oh hell no, we are, we gonna preserve, we gonna preserve slavery at all costs. And even if we gotta separate from the rest of the United States of America, we are going to have our way. And you know what flag they flow, they, they, what flag was flown? to represent that new country that they created. You guessed it, ding, 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 ding. It was the Confederate flag, sweetness. And if you understand history, you would understand that that flag was created in hate and bigotry and anti-blackness, but you don't get that. You don't care to get that. And then you got Junior over there, Junior the Sanctimonious, the Satan DeSantis. Sitting up there trying to rewrite history as well. Put up this headline right here. The Confederacy was an anti-democratic centralized state. The actual Confederate States of America was a repressive state devoted to white supremacy. Baby, there ain't no amount of line and revisionist history that you can bring out to change that reality. Which is why people like you and DeSantis do not want all of America's history, the good, the bad, the ugly, the ridiculous, the un, the inhumane, the wonderful. No, I take that back. Y'all, all, all you want to talk about is the wonderful, but you don't want all aspects of America's history to be taught. The Confederate flag was the flag of the 11 states that ceded the Union, darling. Jackson, I'm I'm fit to be tied right now. <laughs> you know, it always kills me that there's no way that you can preserve the flag without also looking at everything that happened during that time period. You know, so it's like it's just a completely losing battle. And then again, there's no reason to want to preserve the Confederate flag unless you think that that's the time when you know those guys had the right idea. You know that's when we were going off in the right direction. Because if not, then like there's no reason to to ever even think about the Confederacy because it doesn't exist anymore and it hasn't existed for a very long time. Um, but you know Nikki Haley's response when it's like you know what the media they just immediately wanted to make this about guns and race. It's like you know when people say that it's a, it's a reflection of one. Uh, they don't care about the issue um, and they don't understand it. And two, they don't have anything to say. Like, what is she really gonna say that can really explain what's going on? What is she really gonna have to add that can really help to solve the problem? Absolutely nothing. Um, and, and so it's just, you know, it's not about exactly what it's about. Every time somebody runs up in a school and, and shoots up children, it's not about the gun. Then what is it about? You know, so it's just the same old song that Republican lawmakers have been singing for quite some time, but it always kills me. Let's preserve the Confederacy, but let's not talk about slavery. Like, how are we going to do those two things? That's it. <laughs> how are you going to do that? How are you going to yeah. reconcile those two things? Right. Why do, why does the Confederate flag exist in the first place? I mean, what kind of nonsense is that, lady? The, oh. the the natural order of things, you know, that they they had the right idea. Those guys, they were on to something, you know, and that's why, you know, we got to protect the heritage. <laughs> that's it. I mean, just go ahead and say that. I have more respect for you, though I disagree with right. you, but I would definitely right. have more respect for you if you just go ahead and said you like that way of life and right. that you trying to get us back there. And if her and DeSantis and others, Abbott and others, 
would be a little honest about that. Then we could really have some real conversation in this country. This is what's happening here, America. And we must stop it at all costs. So it doesn't matter if it's the sanctimonious or, or, or Nikki Haley. What they are spouting, what they are putting out is wrong all day long, twice on Sundays. America, we gotta get it together and stop being complicit in our own demise. And for the love of God, we should not let anybody take us backward. Now we can debate on some, some various topics, but there are some things that are not open to debate. And the 11 states that seeded the union and started the Confederacy is not up for debate. That the Confederate flag was a real thing rooted in hate and anti-blackness is not up for debate. That Africans and then their American descendants were enslaved for generation after generation treated as chattel. Is not up for debate. That they were forced to build this country for free is not up for debate. That how they were treated has an impact on today. The, the wealth gap between blacks and whites is not up for debate. How the legal system treats black people most of the time is not up for debate, sweetness. None of those things are up for debate because there is a bright line between the past the present and the future if we don't make change. And you was lying about it to comfort the few white people who so fragile that they can't understand and grasp the history of this country without being offended. Hell, they offended, I'm offended. What they offended for? Black people are the ones that are offended. It was our ancestors that were enslaved. You got some nerve to talk about you offended because a history teacher is gonna teach the history of this country? You offended and then you wanna rewrite it? To not tell the truth. And then what y'all did to the Native Americans, you took their land, you genocided them, the trail of tears, and all other manner of hate and bigotry. You put the Japanese in internment camps. You messed around with the Chinese. Hell, who you didn't mess with? But there's nobody in this country who has had the exact same experience of those who are descendants from enslaved people, compliment the Confederate. And guess what? In the southern states and the northern states, their hands are not clean either. So learn the history, sweetness. We sick of these folks. America, y'all better go and come and get these people. And we could talk about all that. We also could talk about greatness and good things and how we want to be on the path of progress and how we want to lift people and how we want to have reconciliation and truth in this country and how we want to make sure that we right our wrongs. We can have that conversation too. And if anybody is too fragile to understand how this country was formed, I don't know what to tell you. Well, I know what to tell you, one of my mentors, Fannie M. Lewis. Who's in the ancestral plane? You say Jesus loved you, and I'm trying to like you, and y'all making it really hard with all your lies. Speaking of lies, Jackson and I going right straight to the state of Florida. 250,000 Floridians got kicked off of Medicaid as DeSantis, the sanctimonious, aka the Satan rakes in big donor cash, because that's really all this is about for him. Hundreds of thousands of poor Floridians have been kicked off Medicaid in recent weeks as their Republican governor, Ron DeSantis, traveled the country for his 2024 presidential bid. And he just getting all kinds of money from big donors while the people in his state languish in poverty. He wanted to talk about critical race theory and woke, which he not even defining that right, because he don't know what woke truly means while poorer Floridians languish. Now, Florida is one of more than a dozen states that have begun unwinding pandemic era rules, barring states from removing 
people from Medicaid during the public health emergency. Late last year, Congress reached a bipartisan deal to end the so-called continuous coverage requirement. Congress was wrong. They were wrong and they wrong right now with the debt ceiling deal, they're wrong. Now let's this Jake Johnson from Common Dreams lays it out for us. A dozen states have released early data on the number of people removed from Medicaid as they restart eligibility checks. More than 600,000 people across the US have been stripped of Medicaid coverage since April. The vast majority were removed from states roles for not completing paperwork rather than confirmed in eligibility because during the during the emergency people didn't have to reapply and reapply and reapply and I don't know why we didn't keep it that way why are we just just making it so it's hard enough being poor as it is and then we just make it harder so this is not only condemnation of governor DeSantis it's condemnation of this congress as well republicans and democrats but especially the 117th congress cuz they could have done something about this Jake goes on, one of these individuals is a seven year old boy in remission from leukemia who is now unable to assess, access rather, follow up and potentially life saving treatments. Families with children have been erroneously terminated and parents are having trouble reaching the DCF call center for help with this process. But you know what, we have shown time and time again in America, we don't give a damn about our kids. And we let them get shot up in schools and, and don't make a change in, in, in gun laws and accountability. What we're gonna do about illegal guns and accountability in this country. So this doesn't surprise me. Goes on, DeSantis has refused to support the ACA's Medicaid expansion for the state, which is the biggest reason that more than 12% of Floridians don't have health insurance. That is the fourth highest rate in the country. Now how much money, cuz while he doing all of that and not tending to the needs of the people, how much money has DeSantis taken in his campaign from big donors? The governor relied heavily on large contributions to bring in more than $8 million during the first 24 hours of his presidential bid. Jake continues, prior to formally launching his 2024 campaign, DeSantis traveled the country in private jets on the dime of rich and sometimes secret donors. And he is currently facing a federal elections commission complaint for unlawfully transferring more than 80 million from a state committee to a super PAC supporting his White House bid. Jake Johnson, you did that. That reporting is coming from Common Dreams. So Jackson, it is very obvious what is going on here. This man does not care about the job that he has. And instead of doing real work, he wallows in culture wars. He messes with teachers trying to teach history in, in, in their classrooms. He doing everything else but what he should be doing. He flies migrants across the country on the dime of the taxpayers of Florida, again, doing everything but taking care of the needs of the people in that great state. Yep, and it absolutely is not helping his 2024 presidential ambitions. And um, you know, we, you uh, read off that uh, 600,000 Americans since April have been kicked off Medicaid, and uh, almost half of those people are in his state. 250,000 of those 600,000 people in his state of Florida, you listed off a variety of the policy issues that he's facing that he implemented in that state. And it was Mike Huckabee Sanders who very recently was on Newsmax and was saying, look, you know, one of the biggest questions that 
Ron DeSantis is going to have to answer to the people is, why are you running for president at all? You just won your second term and now you're asking for another four year position. It's literally what he said word for word. Larry Kudlow said much of the same thing. And when you have people like those two making pragmatic sense in their insults, then you know you're on the wrong path because those are two very ridiculous people. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just Ron DeSantis is, is not doing a good job in his state. and. Um, his campaign slogan, one of them is "Make America Florida," but uh, Americans don't want that. <laughs> you know that, that that's really not that's really not what we're excited about. Um, so uh, he's he's really not making uh, Floridians happy, and he absolutely can lose the job that he has, let alone beat Donald Trump in the Republican primaries. Yeah, that is so true. I mean, he's not winning, as he said, call him a winner. He's not winner. winning in the <laughs> right. far, so we can right. scratch that. He's a horrible governor. He should have never been there. We're going to turn to your comments as we come into our final couple of minutes of the show, where I'm going to start off with our TYT members. Oh, jam. I love Cornell West. I've been a fan of his since I read a forward he wrote in a black history book I picked up when I was a teenager. I know the DNC and the media will do everything they can to freeze his voice out, though the ad was fire. Yes, it was. Yeah, they're going to try it, but they're not going to be able to. I don't think they're going to be able to get that off with Dr. Cornell West. Who's your daddy, 89? One third of girls consider suicide because of social media. She's a lunatic. You got that right. Octo Squiddies. Oh, you want to bring up suicide stats, Nikki? Just tell me about how much you care about children before we talk about those stats. All very, very, very good points. Well, that is our time today, Action Jackson and myself. We hope that you have enjoyed your time with us. Thank you so much for all of your comments. Thank you for watching the show. Please become members of TYT if you are not. And you know what must happen about this time. You must always, always, always keep the faith. But you got to marry that faith in this world, baby, with a whole lot of fight. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network, like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, Give us a five-star rating.